Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast number 44. Hi, this is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. And email john at indoorcycleinstructor.com, or you can Twitter me, ICI Podcast is my Twitter handle. I don't know, what, are, what do you call that? Anyways, essentially part three of my interview, which began with Mark Tickner, uh, Master Spinning Instructor, and then we transitioned to Michelle Colvin, his partner. Now, I got to let you in on something. You hear these and they just sound like they answer the phone and we just start the interview. But of course, I call them, we talk, we get things understood. Well, in the process of interviewing Mark, I had no understanding that Michelle was going to be there until we were actually doing the interview and he explained that she was sitting next to him listening as we were recording his interview, making notes, helping him along. And so I thought, well, my gosh, as soon as I understood who she was and that she was also a master spinning instructor, I thought, wow, I need to have her on. So what follows is my interview with her, but it, as it's, it may seem just a little awkward at the beginning because I have never met her before I started talking with her. And yet uh, she offers some phenomenal, uh, just some background about her exposure to triathlon and the value of indoor cycling that's brought to her. We spent some time talking about heart rate training and, and then uh, she offers some quick tip at the end that you should find is beneficial. And then there was a section that actually recorded after we had completed the interview. It was too good to throw away, so I've just included that at the end. It, it seems random, and yet I think you'll enjoy it. Hello, John. Hello, Michelle. I <laughs> I, uh, I didn't realize that you'd be there uh, the coaching, uh, <laughs> coaching Mark as, as we're going along here. Uh, what's your full name? Michelle Colvin. Okay, and and what's your experience, Michelle? I'm a little bit older than Mark, so just give you a little bit more background about myself. Um, Mark is actually 40 next year, but I'm already over 40. I had my birthday yesterday. I'm 42 years young, but I did spend about 20 years uh, working in IT. I was actually a computer trainer, so I would travel the UK teaching people how to use computer systems. Uh, but I've always been keen on keeping fit. I used to be a regular participant uh, on Jazzercise which uh, your American listeners will probably still be aware of. We don't see too much of it here in the UK anymore, but I love that group exercise activity. My background is, is dancing. Uh, from a very young age, I was doing tap and ballet. Um, I was also a keen runner. And then when I met Mark at a spinning event seven years ago, uh, I was already teaching spinning myself just a couple of classes a week around my full-time occupation. Um, now, thanks to a prime minister who was um, in charge of the UK at the time, my company um, was taken over and um, denationalized, and therefore redundancies were on offer. So I thought, okay, I've done 20 years. Do I really want to do another 20? And so I decided, nope, I don't. I love keeping fit, and I'm going to give 
my best shot and see if I can do this full time. So I took the money and ran and got more involved with the spinning program. I joined the demonstration team. I was traveling the UK with a master's, having a fantastic time at events and trade shows. And I was encouraged by a dear friend and fellow master instructor, Sarah Morelli, to put my application in for the next round of master instructor applications in the UK. I didn't feel ready. She said I was. <laughs> so uh, I put in my application and I was uh, very successful, along with 75 other applicants at that time, to actually become the latest recruit. And I did my master camp in the Netherlands two years ago. So I have been a master for two years. Um, when I met Mark, I didn't understand anything about triathlon. Um, if you'd have asked me what are the disciplines of a triathlon, I'd have probably said, oh, well, is one of them shooting and skiing. <laughs> 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 and I'd never heard of Ironman. But once I was sort of going to races to support Mark and watch it, and, and indeed when I was supporting him uh, when he did the Hawaii Ironman World Championships uh, and at that particular race he was the fastest British finisher, I remember him saying to me, wouldn't you want to be a part of this one day? Don't you fancy doing this and being a part of this atmosphere? And I thought to myself... It is a fantastic atmosphere and to see people crossing the line and crying and, and hugging friends and family. And I did actually feel a little bit jealous and thought, yeah, I, I would like to be a part of that. But it was a case at that time, okay, I can't even swim. Um, I don't have a bike. I don't ride outside. All I've ever done is spinning and running. And he said to me, well, you do so much training. You, you've got a passion for cycling. Let's you know, see where we can go with that. So I joined Mark's Triathlon Club and got myself a bike, started riding with the girls. I joined our swimming club and, and Mark helped me with my technique. And I just gradually progressed through the lanes, from the slow lanes to the, the, the intermediate lanes. Um, so I decided to set myself some goals. Um, I was going to try and do every distance in triathlon from sprint to Olympic to half and then full Ironman. I was keen to maybe have a podium place at a national race. I was uh, very keen to get my name in 220 Triathlon magazine here in the UK. So to get your name featured on any particular race event, you have to be in the top 10. So I set myself all these goals, which at the time seemed a million miles away. And I have actually achieved all that in the last four years. So I'm having a great time with triathlon. And, and as Mark has already told yourself and your viewers that we were racing today. And at 42 years young, I was the second overall female finisher. So Mark's quite right in saying there is no age limit to, to the sport. And I think that when your spinning participants see what you do and, and they look at you and think, well, you know what, if they can do it, then maybe I can. And I think that's what gives them this belief in spinning that, yes, sometimes it's boring, sometimes it's monotonous. But if they can see what you're achieving, I think that gives them inspiration to go on and try and achieve something for themselves. And indeed, some of my participants where I teach very locally have gone on to do their first triathlon. And OK, they may have finished last, but it doesn't matter. You know, we all get the same T-shirt and medal at the end of the race. Oh, that's right. And your families are cheering you on. Do you have yes. a do you have a particular story of note? that of somebody that you've kind of mentored into triathlon 
Yeah, indeed. I, um, I've been teaching at a local facility now for almost six years. Um, he didn't tell me, this particular gentleman, that he was going to have a shot at a sprint triathlon uh, until one, on one of my classes, he's, he's riding with this T-shirt. And I always like to, to read what's on people's T-shirts. And I could see it was a triathlon that had happened literally two days ago. So I went to up to him at the end of the class and I said, Matthew, have you done a triathlon last weekend? And he said, yes, but I was last, but it was great. And uh, <laughs> how you guys do Ironman, I, I do not know. He'd only done a sprint, but he was so pleased with his finish. And I said, well, Ironman is a different animal completely. But yeah, and, and, and he's hopefully going to continue uh, with, uh, with his triathlon himself and maybe do more races. Yeah. So it is the same everywhere. Everybody wears their shirt the, oh, day, yes. the day after their event. Absolutely, yes. Like I said, you know, it doesn't matter whether you finish first or last. Everybody gets the same T-shirt. You can always tell when people have done races at our local triathlon club because, you know, you've got to wear the T-shirt and be proud of your achievement. Yeah. Exactly. And you don't wash the marks off your arm or your leg either, do you? Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, leave your, you leave your number right on there so everybody sees it in the shower the next day at the club. and Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I was I was in a triathlon. Yeah, <laughs> actually, just just uh, going back to when Mark did the Hawaii Ironman World Championships, they the body marking that they use are like these um, blocks with foam, and it makes obviously a very dark impression of your number on on your your arm and your leg. It was a phenomenal hot year that Mark did the race that year, and he got very badly sunburned. And when he showered, you could actually still see the numbers because obviously the, the the ink had formed a slight barrier um, like a sun protection factor if you like and mm -hmm. it took weeks before the numbers disappeared <laughs> oh I imagine yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay though that's okay it's a badge of honor I guess we absolutely would yes all right so now Mark explained that you created some of the profiles in the new uh the new spinning instructor profile manual. Tell me about those. Yes, it's the spinning ride book. My dog athletics and spin fitness, which owns the spinning program, contacted all of the martial instructors asking for, you know, our best profiles. You know, what profiles have you got that you use regularly that always seem to work, that always go down well? And we were all asked to submit a number of profiles for each spinning energy zone. And I was very, very lucky and very, very honored to, to have some of my profiles chosen. The, the first spinning ride book is available now from spinning.com. Uh, as Mark said earlier, it does contain 52 different spinning profiles. There's approximately 10 per energy zone. So you're getting um, approximately 10 class profiles per five energy zones from recovery, strength, interval, and race day. Um, there's an introduction at the beginning of the ride book to, to just explain uh, a little bit more about the master instructors who contributed to, to the ride book. And they're currently producing the second spinning ride book. Um, again, I'm very honored to have been chosen to, to be featured with some of my profiles in the second edition as well, which is coming up soon. Do they pay you for that? Oh yes. oh, yes. And that was actually quite a, a sweet because the at the time, the dollar was very strong. Well, still is very strong uh, compared to the British pound. So that was a nice little earner. Yeah. 
well, good for you. And it's nice you. to when you can when you can monetize your content, as they say. All right. So, okay. So now I'm I'm curious for if you guys as the, your relationship is, uh, do, are you in conflict um, about any tra- training <laughs> things or anything? You can you can give me kind of the lowdown on this whole thing here. All the time. I mean, Mark is constantly saying, you know, why don't you wear your heart rate monitor when you're training? Have you logged all your training? Uh, and because we teach our, our spinning classes at some facilities together, um, there's always this banter. Oh, were your classes full today? You know, how many people did you have to send away today? So, yes, we, we do have this banter between us because we have to register class numbers. And what we have found where we do teach up in London, because the periodization is so successful, our classes are full because that's what the, the, you know the participants love. They even understand endurance. Um, okay, it is boring, but because of the education that we give them when we're teaching, they better understand why you're asking them to do what you you, know, you are. Um, and the other um, banter that Mark and I have between us is Mark, is he does get very busy with his coaching and um, the constant interaction he has with his clients. So a lot of the time I'm putting music together. We do teach on the same days and, and I will have an idea when I get to a facility on a particular profile and CD that I'm going to use. So I, you know, dig down deep into my bag and suddenly the CD I was hoping for isn't there. Well, you, you know, my, my wife has that same trouble and <laughs> and, 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 her, and her class because I don't know if you are, but she teaches at a different location, but same yeah. thing. And we have the same issues and I'm stealing her music all the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Mark does the same. So I say to my guys, oh, by the way, the music yesterday was mine. My class knows. Oh, that's Amy's music, John. Cause, really? Cause, oh, because we're very different in, in the things that we do. and. I've got this list of questions. I almost want to go through this and ask you of all of the same questions again. The one question I want to ask is, and let me just find it, what would you suggest uh, needs to change to bring more people or more new people to indoor cycling rather than to continue just to tr- teach and train the converted? You know, what would your suggestion be? Unfortunately, over the years, spinning has had a bad rap, um, not so much because of the program itself, but of a lot of the time it has been down to poor instructors or, or poor education or poor understanding. And because of some of the different techniques that are used in other indoor cycling programs, it, it, it's easy for people to say, okay, I went to spinning and I didn't like it, but they may not understand that that might actually not have been a spinning class. We constantly push here in the UK as I'm sure you guys do in the US that spinning is a trademark it does belong to Maddox Athletics and Spin Fitness and for a facility to use the the brand the name there are prerequisites they have to have one of the official spinner bikes and all of the instructors do have to have done the two-day Johnny G spinning uh, certification and indeed those instructors also have to stay on top of their education and get their star points to remain qualified and indeed certified to teach the program so that a lot of the time there's this misconception that spinning is is hard it's the room of death it's really <laughs> the room of death <laughs> absolutely you know especially with facilities where the spinning studio uh, may have you know a, a 
glass where people can actually see into the studio from outside and you know you hear people saying oh my god that looks so hard that looks horrible I can see that there's no way I could go in there I'm not fit enough Uh, and again it's not what the spinning program has ever been about Um, Johnny's philosophy was just to get people into the environment to have fun to get fit together regardless of age or fitness ability and that's what we still push very much so within the spinning program here in the UK it's for all fitness levels so we've just got to really continue to to work on breaking those barriers down encouraging instructors to to stay on top of their education there's so much more you can learn by interacting with the masters and by going to events than you can from a home study course or a piece of paper you have to be there to to feel it to to be a part of it to experience it and then i think that gives you something then that you can go back with to your own classes and then give to your participants it does come down very much to the individual, to the instructor, being passionate and actually enjoying what they teach. It's very clear when you watch some instructors that they're only there for themselves. It's their training. They're very egotistical. And a lot of the comments that Mark and myself hear from our participants are things like, we love your classes because we always feel as though you're there for us. Every time we're riding with you, it always feels different. So there never feels as though there's any repetition. So it is a lot of work on our part, but it it works at the end of the day. It, It pays off and it keeps people coming back. And I think if the instructor is a little bit more sympathetic towards somebody new, um, you know, keeping your eye on them, making constant eye contact, because it is hard when you ride the bike for the first time. It is hard to stay seated, you know, and having that that compassion, that nurturing ability as an instructor is, is what makes people feel, you know what, I will come back. I don't feel intimidated. I don't feel as though I have to keep up, you know, it, encouraging people to to stay with their own pace and to push when they think they can and back off when they feel they need to yeah interesting part of the interest in my podcast and from me and from a lot of the comments i get is helping instructors to monetize the relationships with their class Uh, and what i mean by that is uh, in in finding ways to add additional value that these participants will pay for. Now, my question is, are, are you recruiting training clients uh, from your uh, indoor cycling classes? Or, or are you seeing some transition from participant to coaching, paid coaching uh, student or however you want to call that? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I mean, a lot of my spinning participants have have been so inspired by the program from from their own fitness level. And and as I said earlier, going on to maybe do a triathlon, a lot of them have gone on to become spinning instructors themselves or or indeed, you know, coaching um, triathlon. What we we, we do push here in the UK is um, the the eight-week weight loss spinning program. Um, and that's, you know, it just gives people something to focus on, something to work on. They're setting themselves clear goals and they see you as helping them 
through those goals and um, it inspires them then to go away and and maybe think about instructing for themselves and then they can talk to their participants on their own classes okay this was me I know three years ago I've I've lost you know a hundred pounds and and look at me now and this can be you too yeah very much so and how about like metabolic uh, testing those type of things are you introducing those in your classes as as far as a benefit for your students, but at, and also at the same time as a revenue source for yourself? Yeah, sure. I mean, as Mark said, we do have to be professional and that when we are teaching our spinning classes, that that is what we're there for and obviously what we're being paid to do. But, you know, you, you can talk about the fat burning, and you know, lactate or anaerobic threshold, and this is going to really help you to fine tune your training. And if you're interested, come and see me at the end of class. Yeah, for sure, because it is a, a, rev- a revenue stream uh, for our business. So if, if a client wants to get more dynamic with their training or maybe the exercise that they've been taking part in is no longer working for them, then that's the time then where they do need to get a little bit more specific because obviously if they've only been using age-predicted formula to work out their heart rate training zones, it, it could be very inaccurate for them. I mean, I see that I see that a lot on my classes. Um, so when I talk about percentages when I'm teaching, I'll also use perceived exertion, but I like to use what we call the reverse effect. So rather than encouraging people to just say, for example, we're going to go on a three-minute standing climb, approximately 85% of max, I will say to people, right, I'm going to use a reverse angle on you. I want you to feel as though you're around 15% from your max. And mm-hmm. that really helps people to think about it from a completely different perspective. And I'll say to them, right, don't look at the heart rate monitor right now. Just if you have it strapped to your bars, turn it over. Don't look at it. I want you to just stand and climb for three minutes, feeling as though you're around about 15% off your max. Then as we come off that section, I then get them to have a quick look at the number on their watch. And that's probably going to be closer to 15% off max. And then we can, I can help them fine-tune the number. Because I see a lot with age-predicted formula, because of its inaccuracies, that for some people, hitting these targets feels very easy. And for others, it, it seems almost impossible. So I encourage people to, to fine-tune the settings on the heart rate monitor watch in accordance with how they feel when they're actually riding at these intensities you're, you're encouraging them to, to reach, to meet. Now I'm understanding your hesitancy and, and Mark's as well is that that's a service that you provide as individuals that it's not that the, the club that you're teaching for is providing. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the, the club is, is, is employing us as a freelance instructor to teach spinning. So, yeah, we, we have to be careful with what we say. But indeed, if people want more information at the end of a class, you know, we'll exchange email addresses and then that's, that's fine. Then we can go ahead with that person and, and hopefully get them tested and help them to continue with their, building their fitness or whatever their goals are. That brings up a good question. Uh, Michelle, do you guys maintain a database of emails from your participants are you encouraging people to join some subscriber list or something like that yes we, we do we've um since we first came on board with the new leaf uh, fitness testing we've maintained a database of every client we've ever tested approximately once or twice a year we will just send um, a bulk email out to all our clients just to see how they're getting on is their training going well just to remind them that if they're staying consistent with their training their heart rates will change 
obviously if they're staying consistent and getting fitter then aerobic base heart rates lactate threshold heart rates are obviously going to rise so that if they feel as though they're reaching a point with their training where again it doesn't feel like it's working for them anymore or maybe indeed if if they are competing in endurance events whether that be cycling running or triathlon and they're no longer hitting targets or they're no longer achieving personal bests or their time seem to be coming down it's like what am I doing wrong then again that's that's another good time to think about getting retested just to fine-tune the numbers so that you know they feel as though their training is worthwhile I mean we, we all live busy hectic lifestyles and finding time to train is difficult with with work commitments and family commitments so getting in some training needs to to be of quality and and if the heart rates are wrong then you're never going to get that quality anything in particular you'd like to offer the instructors listening to this I would say, uh, I don't know if it's a, a phrase that um, is known in, in the, uh, the US, but in the UK, we, we have an acronym, um, KISS, and keep it simple, stupid. A lot of the time, the best policy is to just keep it fun and, and simple. Uh, and and a, a little tip that I always give to new instructors on their two-day initial certification is, if you're not entirely sure what to say when you're teaching, then the best policy is to say nothing. If you've got some cool music going on, then just let the music do the talking for you. Sit back in the saddle, take a deep breath, think about what you're then going to say, make it appropriate, make it specific, and then say nothing. You know, let your participants absorb, understand what you've said, because an instructor that just waffles on people are going to switch off they're going to find it boring oh this instructor is just waffling and i'm going to shut off so just to to keep things simple and dynamic do your education do your research know what you're talking about be confident about what you're talking about um, and keep your classes varied and that includes music as well what i've learned with my own classes over the years is is what can make the same profile, completely different, is the music that you add to it. It's very difficult if you're teaching a lot of classes week in, week out, to keep the variety and interest for yourself as an instructor as well as your participants. So it does take a long time putting profiles together, but you can make a profile feel completely different if you put some different music together and Mark and I, <laughs> if we ever go to the movies, we constantly have an ear and we've we've nicknamed it the spinning ear um oh yes i know that ear you never switch off you know we'll we'll whisper to each other you know over our box of popcorn oh this would be great for a standing climb and yeah yeah this would be great for a flat road so once you've got that ear for beats and rhythm i don't think you ever truly switch off from it and and some of my most dynamic classes have been when i've been playing a really cool and inspirational track from a movie and, and I can say nothing and, and everybody's eyes are closed and they're really digging it and it, it's just amazing so yeah that's a big tip that I would give to to your listeners out there. Michelle Colvin I appreciate the uh, very quick um, we just switched between you and Mark and I appreciated having you on and I just hope someday I can get over there to see you guys. Well, you're most welcome, John. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast as well. If you fancy coming down to sunny West Sussex, then just give us a shout. Yeah.
Oh, and believe me, I will. So everybody listening, I hope you uh, enjoyed this. And I would like to know from you listening, do you like this format where you're giving me some questions? You know, I schedule these interviews out a couple, three weeks typically in advance. So I've got plenty of time to uh, get your questions. So let me know if this is of interest to you in the future. John at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. And until next time, thanks for listening. Michelle, thank you. I appreciate Thank you, that. <laughs> that was, this was very fun. I just love listening to you and to Mark, and, and uh, I'm quite confident that my listeners are going to enjoy it. Can, can you tell that we're both very passionate about what we do, and, and we believe in it? Um, uh, I you, remember- you, don't, you don't have to say that, Michelle. It comes without a clear. <laughs> I remember when we met um, Joe Friel. He, he came over to the U.K., um, to, to be a part of a very big trade show that we, we have uh, every year in February here in the UK, um, known as the TCR show, Triathlon Cycling Running. And, and Joe was um, flown over and to, to be with us that whole weekend. And we got to meet this, this wonderful guy. And it's very clear when you talk to him that he is very passionate about what he does and he believes in it. And I, I like with Johnny G, I could have listened to him for absolutely hours and hours and hours. It's just so interesting and, and so knowledgeable. Um, and again, that's what we, 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 you know, how we would like to be perceived ourselves. Well, you're doing a wonderful job at it. Cool. You're welcome.